oral chemotherapeutic agents. How have they transformed the practice of pharmacy and oncology? You're listening to ReachMD. Welcome to Focus on Pharmacy. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, PharmD, your host. And with me today is Dr. Susan Gooden, PharmD, the Director of the Division of Pharmaceutical Services at the Cancer Institute of New Jersey, a board-certified oncology pharmacy specialist and fellow of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. Dr. Gooden is also an Associate Professor of Medicine at the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey. Dr. Gooden, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Dr. Turk. Now, as I mentioned before, you're the Director of Pharmaceutical Services at the Cancer Institute of New Jersey. I was wondering if you could give the listeners a sense of what that job entails. Certainly. The Cancer Institute is a relatively new cancer center. We are an NCI-designated comprehensive cancer center based in central New Jersey, and we've really only been in existence for just about 15 years. And I was happy to say that early on, our director recognized the value of clinical pharmacy services, and I was the third person recruited to the Cancer Institute some 15 years ago. So it was really here at the ground level uh, to get pharmacy services started, which was an enormous opportunity for me, as well as I think for the patients that we take care of here at the Cancer Institute. And as such, was able to build that pharmaceutical services and, and actually pharmaceutical sciences department into what we do today, which is Typically, the ideas that folks have about what pharmacists do, certainly we provide dispensing of, of medications, but in our center, we, we have the opportunity to do quite a bit more than that. We interact with our, all of our patients that come into our ambulatory clinic every day. Every patient that comes in to see or to receive chemotherapy or to receive treatment actually does see a clinical pharmacist who reviews their medication profile, who goes through their treatments, counsels the patients on their medications, side effects. We also do a great deal of side effect management from nausea and vomiting to pain management to anti-coag, as well as a thorough review of what's become, I think, a very challenging area is drug interactions because not only of the complicated nature of the therapies that we're giving, but also because of all the uh, supplemental or, or complementary medicines that we know our cancer patients are taking. I think probably the final area where we play a role in the patients at our center is in the area of clinical trials. We certainly fulfill that standard role of investigational drug dispensing, but again, we go sort of that extra step, and again, all of those patients have thorough med histories, medication reviews with the pharmacist. They also go through the informed consent with the patient to make sure they understand the uh, agents that are under investigation and are there, again, and available for consultation throughout that whole drug development process. So we probably are providing somewhat of a different role, but somewhat similar to many institutions around the country. You mentioned that pharmacists spend what sounds like a good portion of time with, with patients. I just I wanted to get a sense of how long the pharmacist session typically lasts with patients. We probably follow that similar format that many practices do and physician practices in that, you know, the initial patient visit when they come in prior to starting their treatment, a pharmacist will spend anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes really focusing on drug therapy, getting a full med history, getting a history of any over-the-counter alternative complementary medications that patients are taking, reviewing for drug interactions, and then counseling the patient on the trial or, or the treatments that the patient's going to receive. So that initial visit probably is somewhere to 15 to 20 minutes. Follow-up visits can certainly take half that time because these patients are in sometimes on a weekly basis. 
sometimes on an every three-week basis, and it certainly depends upon the schedule of treatment. But on those follow-up visits, we probably spend anywhere five to ten minutes or more as needed, and then our patients do have access to the pharmacist even once they've gone home to call to ask questions. And many of our patients do call back and either, you know, certainly seek clarification because it's an overwhelming process or have some sort of symptom or side effect that they need some input on as to what would be appropriate therapy. Changing tracks just for a moment. You've had years of experience in oncology pharmacy practice. One of your interests in particular is is oral chemotherapeutic agents. I was interested in getting a sense of what it is that attracts you to that side of patient care. The paradigm to managing cancer patients is continuously changing. And when I came into practice a few years ago, the concept of, of putting patients in the hospital to treat their cancer was really the way we managed them. And we were really just transitioning into that ambulatory treatment, making sure that patients could continue working, quality of life, all those things associated with the ambulatory care of patients. And you know what I noticed, and probably more because of our interest here as a center in the drug development process, because we certainly here in New Jersey sit right in the, the heart of the drug cabinet, if you wanted to look at it that way, what we saw and what I realized very early on is that changing paradigm, that we're getting away from these even IV therapies and moving into oral therapies. And I was fortunate enough to be interviewed some 10 years ago where at that time someone asked me, what do I thought the future of chemotherapy was? And I sort of tongue-in-cheek and said that, well, you know, I thought that we would be moving towards the day where we were managing patients with all oral therapy and today here we are, and it creates a different challenge in oncology than we've ever seen in the past. The transition from the inpatient to the outpatient was really a change in settings, and we had to get better at delivering care in a timely fashion and getting patients out the door, and more importantly, managing their side effects. But this transition from getting out of our, you know, our infusion suites to where they take them at home has, has created a great deal of concern for me because in oncology, we've never worried about adherence. We always knew when our patients showed up, but that paradigm has changed because with oral therapy, we're not sure about adherence, and it's probably a bigger challenge for us because we're so new to thinking about the concept. It also brings in the different issue of who's managing these patients because with the advent of specialty pharmacies that are really changing the way we manage patients, that management is being transitioned over, for better or worse, to specialty pharmacists who know very little about our patients. And then sort of that final piece is that side effect management because while they're oral, they're not without their side effects. And I think without appropriate counseling by pharmacist or by a nurse or whoever it happens to be, patients have oftentimes, and I've seen this, they want to tough it out. They want to do well for their healthcare provider. They want to do well for their family. So they can start with something as benign as just some diarrhea, which very rapidly could progress and, and have them hospitalized because they don't speak to anyone about that side effect, or maybe they go to their retail pharmacy and ask for a suggestion of, of how to manage that. And, and our retail pharmacists are really going to be coming into that front line in the management of these patients because that's where we know most of our consumers, most of our patients are going to the retail pharmacy to try to manage those side effects. For those of you who are just tuning in, I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and I'm speaking with Dr. Susan Gooden from the Cancer Institute of New Jersey. 
We've been discussing several aspects associated with oral chemotherapeutic agents, old and new, how they work and how that knowledge helps us optimize oncology or oncologic pharmacotherapy. Now, Dr. Gooden, you had mentioned several challenges, one of which was monitoring adherence to therapy. What do you think is the best way, if there is such a best way? I wish we knew the best way. I think what we're all trying to do is learn from the uh, cardiovascular folks and the psychiatric groups as well as those that manage HIV patients and how to educate patients and how to maintain that contact with them so that patients continue to be compliant with their therapy. And, you know, in oncology as well as in these other disease states, it, it brings into that issue of is it you know, an adherence issue or is it a persistence issue? Do we need them to take, you know, do we say, well, if you take 80% of your doses, we think you're doing well. And we're not real sure whether what that right answer is. And as such, we're not sure the best way to help patients. When I look at sort of the literature and when I look what's out there, this is a prime area for research that needs to be conducted as well as an opportunity for us to do a better job to manage our patients. So while certainly the traditional pill counts that we've done in the past, diaries, those sorts of things are are certainly somewhat helpful, we're still struggling with what the best model is in order to assure that our patients are, are taking the medications as directed, first of all, and then secondly, are taking and continu- continuing to take them or even modifying their dose when side effects occur. So there is no great model. We're still trying to find, I think, define the best model, and I'm not sure that I could define that for you today. But what I can say is it's a fantastic opportunity for research, for pharmacists, for nurses, and for physicians to better understand what makes their patients decide to take or to not take their therapies. What are some of the characteristics you look for? Are there any uh, telltale signs of adherence or non-adherence predictors? You know, the biggest thing that that we know of at at this point are side effect management. Again, an opportunity for pharmacists, for nurses to really help our patients. We know, and there's been in oncology, the biggest area where we've looked at this is is in long-term treatment or the five-year follow-up of women with breast cancer. We know that the use of a drug like tamoxifen or one of the newer agents, anastrozole or letrozole, both can result in a decrease in recurrence of the disease if these patients take these medications for the five-year period. And what the recent data is telling us is the reasons why patients don't take them or are not compliant with their therapy really has to do with side effects. And so I think that's where we as healthcare professionals have to sit with our patients and spend that time helping them to understand what we expect to occur, meaning the side effects, and having a discussion with them, and then also talking with them about managing or coping with those side effects, because it really becomes a risk versus benefit profile that I think our patients have to understand. I think too often in oncology with intravenous agents, We often talk amongst ourselves as healthcare professionals about the risk-benefit profile, and then we try to articulate that to our patients, but I don't think we do as good a job with, with oral therapy because it's so easy to write a prescription and send the patient out the door. And we have to spend that time at that time of writing the script or somewhere in that process having a discussion about that risk-benefit profile about the side effects that are going to occur, and then provide them with mechanisms or therapies that might help them manage or cope with those side effects. 
But I think in regards to sort of globally, the side effect management is the biggest piece. Other areas that people have talked about are certainly the cost. These newer agents are extremely expensive. Now, are they more expensive than the IV agents that we give in our clinics? Not clear. There are some small pharmacoeconomic studies that have been performed, and it appears that they actually, while they are expensive to the patient, they actually are cheaper than bringing the patient into an infusion clinic and giving them an IV medication. So it's really a shift in who's paying is really where the cost is being, I think, more shocking to the patients. But cost has certainly been listed as another barrier to to dealing with compliance in this patient population. Dr. Susan Gooden has been our guest in our discussion of oral chemotherapeutic medications. Susan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Chen. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and you've been listening to Focus on Pharmacy on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. To comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com. Register with the promo code RADIO and receive six months free streaming for your home or office. Thanks for listening.